0: Would you join me in a word of prayer, Heavenly Father? Just judging from the title, Lord. (laughs) We need you. We need you, Lord, to speak to us with this message, Lord, that you have for us. Because we know that it's good. It may be tough, but, Lord, it's good. And so we want that, Lord. Keep our attention on you, keep our eyes focused and our ears focused on you this morning, Lord. And we know that even when things are tough, sometimes to receive, Lord. You always do it in such a way that You show us Your love as well, Lord. And so thank You for this time together in Your Word. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Good morning and welcome. You can be seated. So glad you're here. Those of you online, we're so glad that you're joining with us. Uh, before we get started, though, I have a few things, starting with our Tuesday prayer meeting, this Tuesday, uh, 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. We're actually going to have a special prayer meeting. I'm hoping to, Lord willing, share candidly what the Lord has ministered to me over the years concerning some of the reasons that our prayers seemingly and inexplicably go or remain unanswered. And so... Uh is gonna start about 655. We're gonna go live. This will be live streamed and uh it'll be on our social media platforms in its entirety as well as our website. Uh so I'm gonna share briefly because I can, you know, by faith. Uh just at the beginning and then after we are gonna enter into a time of prayer for specific request chiefly for nepal because as many of you know our medical missions team are currently in nepal and will be for another couple plus weeks they return on saturday december 16th so we're going to pray for our missions team in nepal there are also prayer calendars out front if you're interested we're also going to take time to pray for israel specifically the jews and arabs that are in israel and gaza as well as the west bank and then we're also going to pray for our philippines missions Uh, they they just had an earthquake by the way i sent steve an email he said that they were unaffected because of where they're located but uh, we're going to pray for steve his wife and daughter and the schools there and all of the other missions outreaches and then of course closer to home uh, we're going to pray for maui namely pastor steve santos and calvary chapel west side there in lahaina uh, he just sent me an update uh please pray as the lord puts on your heart i'll share more on tuesday but uh some things are changing and moving and happening and Um, It's not good. So we need to pray. And then last but certainly not least, we're going to pray for Japan. Because Japan is in the house. At this time, I want to have JB and Team Japan come up. And uh, would you give them a warm welcome? Uh, I want to kind of... Share with you uh, what they do, but then I'm going to let them because they'll do a lot better job, and they're they're briefer than me. So anyway, uh, can I just introduce you? Can you introduce yourself? Well, may well, Mommy you go first? Yeah. Why are you so far away from me? I told you I'm So, okay. First of all. Uh, <laughs> Many of you might remember J.B. when we had her come. She uh, shared on a Thursday night about uh, Japan and what God is doing there. And uh, she is uh, with Team Japan, uh, a very important part of our international translation and transcribing ministry. Uh, They transcribe all of the teachings uh, into Japanese and actually uh, my does the voiceover for the Thursday nights, and JB does voiceover uh, for the Sunday morning uh, update and, and, and teaching. Okay. Why are you over here now? <laughs> so anyway, she's gonna she's gonna share more. <laughs> so uh, this is a ministry that not a lot of people know about, but it's our international ministry. Uh, WHERE WE HAVE THE TEACHINGS TRANSLATED INTO DIFFERENT LANGUAGES. YOU CAN FIND IT AT OUR WEBSITE WITH THE RESOURCES DROP DOWN MENU UNDER TRANSLATIONS. THERE YOU WILL FIND VARIOUS TRANSLATIONS FROM AN AMAZING TEAM OF SERVANTS ALL OVER THE WORLD WHO TRANSCRIBE AND TRANSLATE ALL OF OUR TEACHINGS AND MAKE THEM AVAILABLE not just on our website and their websites but also on our mobile apps so here's a brief list i want to give a shout out to uh and acknowledge and express gratitude to uh the team of people starting with uh, OUR GUYS HERE, MILTON AND SAY, ARE PART OF THE ENGLISH CAPTIONING AND TRANSCRIPTION TEAM. AND THEN KAREN BROOM AND DEE MANGAN, WHO USED TO BE HERE WITH HER HUSBAND MATT, THEY'RE ON THE MAINLAND. Uh, THEY PRODUCE ALL THE ENGLISH CAPTIONING AND TRANSCRIBING, WHICH ALSO SERVES AS THE BASIS FOR THE TRANSLATION TEAM uh, EFFORTS TO TRANSLATE INTO OTHER LANGUAGES. SO WE HAVE A GERMAN TEAM, STEFAN, AMAZING GUY. Uh, HE TRANSLATES uh, THE TEACHINGS IN THE GERMAN, ALSO PROVIDES THE TECHNICAL ENABLEMENT FOR THE ROMANIAN TEAM. WE HAVE A ROMANIAN TEAM, ANKA AND SABINA, WHO LIVE IN ROMANIA. WE HAVE A DUTCH TEAM, BRAM AND GABRIELA, THEY'RE A FAMILY IN THE NETHERLANDS. WE HAVE A PORTUGUESE TEAM, FABIAN AND LUISA, THEY'RE IN BRAZIL. And we have a Spanish team, Eduardo, Celia, and Anna, and they're also a family in Brazil. And I'm saving the best for last, Japan. Just wait, just wait, be patient. Uh, They all have their own websites, because they had to, when we got censored, we had to run parallel with the website. So they set up uh, their own websites. This is the German website and the prophecy updates page this is the dutch website their prophecy updates page this is the portuguese website there's also a spanish website a romanian website and all of these are not just on our website accessible on our website but they're also on the mobile apps both apple and google Uh, for those of you that have roku uh you we you can only get english i don't know why I have Roku. Maybe after today I won't anymore, but you can only get English. But each of the international translation apps contain all the messages, resource content by way of the translation team websites which are organized by language and team, and this entire ministry is overseen by Lane, who is amazing, and his wife, Grace, amazing Grace. Uh, THEY'RE AMAZING, AND THEY SET UP AN AMAZING INFORMATION AND HELP RESOURCES PAGE FOR THE TRANSCRIPTS, um, ALSO TRANSLATIONS, CAPTIONING, AND IT'S A SUPPORT CENTER THAT'S ACCESSIBLE UNDER THE RESOURCES DROP DOWN MENU AS WELL, BUT INSTEAD OF SELECTING TRANSLATIONS, YOU CAN SELECT SUPPORT. NOW, LET'S GO TO JAPAN TOGETHER, SINCE JAPAN IS HERE TOGETHER WITH US. Uh, This is their website. Unique to their videos, though, is the voiceovers. So can I just explain just briefly? I can't. Thank you so much. So watch this. So Thursday night we've got some time to spend together, and I wanted to ask them, like, you know, how long does it take? And I wish I didn't ask that because it takes every five minutes of my teaching, takes an hour to translate into Japanese they have major treasures in heaven, these people. so But then I, I wanted to know, because I make a lot of noises, <laughs> right? And I used an example, a recent example of when I just didn't have a word, so I just said, it's just like, woo. So how do you do that? You know, because she's doing a voiceover. Like when I get animated, she gets animated. You know, my you know, if you can imagine. You know that you know I get I, I get then they just you know. So I said, what do you do when I make those noises? JB goes, it's so simple. When you go woo, she says, I go woo. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to let them share with you now. So, would you again give them a warm welcome, it be It's all Thank you.
1: Wow! <laughs> Good morning, all. I'm JB, your online member who got saved ABC's salvation in 2017 as the Lord led me to it. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to share about Japanese Translation Ministry this morning. We are the online ministry to translation, to, to, to translate the, the Calvary Chapel kaneo's teaching. This is J.D. Farag ministry has started in September 2020 with other languages as J.D. already explained. Now it's over three years. We, the Japanese team, do for Japanese subtitle and the Japanese voiceover to spread the truth of the world. At the beginning, we used to do for only first and second services, but after my back from I was here last time, Lord led us to do for all of CCK's teachings. So now all services are translated into Japanese. All. All. All is all. all means first, second, Thursday's, and topical teachings for publishing on the website and the YouTube channel. Uh, as JD said, five minutes translation takes one hour at least into Japanese, because Japanese letter has three kinds in language itself. If 60 minutes teaching, at least 12 hours, If. (laughs) So (laughs) recently, sometimes 15 or 20 hours weekly. So we are not specialists for translation, but we have loved, and we are supporting by your prayers. Thank you so much. And as for the voiceover, it's also the Lord let us to do for all the people, blind kids, busy persons and drivers who cannot watch the screen, so, our roles are three steps. Number one, translation and check. Number two, checkers, check. Number three, the voiceover on it. Then, finally, published on such platform every week. <laughs> we really know we cannot ac- accomplish these hard works weekly without your prayers. Oh, again, thank you so much. In Japan, it said Christian few and believers, even known as Protestants, having in the face in the rapture and the Bible prophecy is far few. So teaching of this church is very important to spread the truth, Jesus, who is the spirit of the prophecy. Thankfully we know the subscribers and the viewer of the channel has been increasing, but we don't know care about the number. We just look up the, up to the Lord, because this is his all for his glory. We are relying on him, wanting to please him. We just know the Lord is using these translated videos for Japanese people's salvation, and He has gathered good servants to His this team, made this team, making our path flat. The following is how He done. He has done to us.
2: I'm Mai. I started watching Prophecy Update in 2016. It all started when I heard my friends say some people in other countries are saying that the end of this world is coming soon. Those words were stuck with me, so I prayed to God, if the end of this world is near, then I am in trouble because I don't know anything about it. God showed me and tell me about it. I had been going to church for years, but I had never heard about Bible prophecy. Then I found a few Bible prophecy teachers on YouTube to start watching. One of them was Pastor JD. I was convinced this was an answer to my prayer. Those teachings amazed me and made me fear the Lord. I got the joy of studying the Bible and could couldn't stop watching it, and even went back to previous Prophecy Update too. I remember Pastor JD saying at that time that they would soon move to a new building, which is here. I have wanted to visit this church someday. I really thank God that I am here now. In 2017, this month, When Pastor J.D. shared J.B.'s name, I was watching it. I knew such a person, J.B., was in Osaka and tried to get to know her. When we contacted for the first time and met physically, we knew we we lived within five minutes of each other. (laughs) Through this church in Hawaii, We met each other in Osaka within five minutes. God is so funny and so good.
3: I'm Ayumi.
0: She's from here. She lives here.
3: She lives here. Okay, I also have a funny story because the Lord is funny. I was triggered to know the ministry because Pastor Leitu gave me a book. It is called As Long As I Live. So he asked me if I was interested in translation last year around now. And I prayed for one month and then I was convinced by the Lord. This book is authored by Nobi from Australia. Now he helps our team. We all are so happy to have Nobi. Praise the Lord. Pastor Leitu also encouraged JB to read the book and considered sending it to her in Japan because he got two books from the author Novi But JB found it on Amazon, so she also got it and read JB says that, thank the Lord that we can still buy things without the mark of the beast
0: <laughs>
3: The book was about the beautiful love story of Christian couple who came together over a long time I would also like to take this opportunity to thank the English Transcription Team and AV Audio Visual Team for supporting us behind the scenes. We all thank you guys. This ministry is a blessing to me. Thank you, God, Jesus, to you alone give all of the glory Let me add
1: about one more Lady Yuko one of our team who is absent from OAF today The Lord coordinated us to meet last time when I was here She did not come to sisiki at that time but she said she sensed, sensed she should come by the Holy Spirit then we got to know and prayed together here. Since then, we have kept the relationship. This year, she visited to see me to Osaka from Oaf to stay. Now she is one of our team and surely your congregations. And Ayumi also visited to Osaka to with her daughter Kiana this year. See how the Lord has connected us. I think something between Osaka and Oaf now. And we have another young boy, not boy, but he uh, is a person of church's transcript in Japanese and all translating the video, having such transcript for mainly older people, he publishes every week for all CCK's oh. teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and we are not for anyone else or nor for own desire status. But only for our best friend Jesus. We set him center at all. Our team know it's the truth. Pastor JD, Leitu, Mac, and Capone and David, King David, <laughs> please keep us leading only to Jesus. It's difficult to find such leaders and churches in nowadays. All we do is from the base. Of your teachings in the Lord. We just want to finish the race in one mind faithfully for the truth until the rapture. We appreciate appreciate your boldness and faithfulness in the Lord. We pray for your health too for us because we need you, like Gaius in Third John. And lastly, everyone, please know coming to a good church. Actually, it's a tremendous blessing being among you, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so blessed. Thank you so much for your prayer for this and my return, too. We thank all you again for your love and warm welcome. Thank you.
0: I think we just close in prayer. What do you think? Still got one more service to go. How amazing is that? Only God could do that, Yeah. You know? God loves the people of Japan. All right, we're going to finish, Lord willing, 3rd John today. Our text is verses 12 through 14. In chapter 1, since there's only one chapter, so I'll ask you to stand. You can follow along as I read. By the way, real quick, uh, one one more thing. Go ahead and stand. (laughs) If I have to stand, you have to stand. Um, So I told them, I surprised them in Jesus' name, because on Tuesday night, uh, for those of you that are going to come to the prayer meeting, I'm going to have them come up, and we're going to pray for them, for Japan, very specifically. So if you're able to come, we certainly encourage you to do so. I just wanted to uh, warn you again. You have to come back up on Tuesday. Just so don't forget. Okay. All right. So 3 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, the Apostle John is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself we also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true i have much to write you verse 13 but i do not want to do so with pen and ink i hope to see you soon verse 14 and we will talk face to face peace to you the friends here send their greetings greet the friends there by name that's a nice ending not like you know Second John, keep away from idols. Bye. That was the end of the letter. So this ends much nicer. Okay, let's pray. We need to pray. Father, thank you. We love you so much. We thank you for your word. Thank you for inspiring John by the Holy Spirit to pen what he did pen in this short letter. It's for us today, even though it was written well nigh 2,000 years ago, So, Lord, as such, we want to treat it as such and ask you by the Holy Spirit to minister it to us, open our eyes to it and our hearts to it, so that we can receive what it is that you have for us in this text here today. Speak into our lives. Speak in that still, small, refining voice of the Holy Spirit, And Lord, when you do, we want to give you our undivided attention, but we readily admit that we need the Holy Spirit in order to keep our minds from wandering with all the distractions, with everything clamoring for our attention and these busy lives that we live in this world that's getting crazier by the day. So Lord, this is a sanctuary for us in more ways than one because we come to this place, we put all of that aside we quiet our hearts, and now we just want to hear You speak into our lives in and through Your Word. So will You, Lord, speak. Your servants are listening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to have to, like last week, uh, explain why I chose this title. Why people don't want to be around me. (laughs) Not me, you, too. Man, nobody wants to be around you. Did you ever hear that growing up as a kid? Nobody likes you. Am I hitting too close to home? Is it too early in the sermon for this? Well, after seeking the Lord about teaching the end of this, third letter from John, it struck me that it's not the length of the letter, but the strength of the letter. That doesn't apply to sermons, by the way, just so you know. Let me explain what I mean. The strength with which John pens this packs a much needed punch related to one's reputation and character. It's been said that if you're upright in your character, God will take care of your reputation. And that's what this letter speaks to. And actually, in effect, that's what John has done. He's introduced us to three men, the first of which was his dear friend Gaius, to whom the letter is written to... It's written to Gaius, but it's written about Diotrephes that we were introduced to last week. And then it was delivered, the letter, by Demetrius, who we're introduced to this week in our text. The common denominator with all three men is that of their character or lack thereof. And by extension, their reputation, which is what always ensues, predicated upon one's character. Two of these three men, Gaius and Demetrius, were of good and godly character, whereas Diotrephes was the polar opposite. And it's for this reason that people would have loved to have been around a Gaius, or Demetrius, but conversely would have either stayed away from or been led astray by a Diotrephes. Do you see where I'm going with this? Hang in there with me. Each and every one of us are represented by one of these men in our Christian lives. And if we're more like a Gaius or a Demetrius, then wouldn't it stand the reason that people are going to want to be around you? You know how it is when there's just some people, you just love being around them. They just have a joyful countenance. They, they, they're, they're, they're so caring, they're so loving. They're so compassionate, they're so real. They're so understanding, they're so long-suffering, they're so patient, I mean, I can just go on and on with the list. Those are the people you want to be around. They're the Gaiuses, they're the Demetriuses. But then you see a diatrophies coming? (laughs) I don't want to look at anybody when I say, you run the other way. I don't want to be around that guy. (laughs) But he wants to be around you for all the wrong reasons. In fact, you're you're like a magnet to a diatrophies. You you got a target on your back to a diatrophies because they're seeking you out. Why? Because they're seeking preeminence. And you're a means to that end. And we talked about that last week. I'm not going to re-preach last week's sermon. God forbid. (laughs) That would be horrible. It would be torture. So I'm just going to torture you with today's sermon instead. (laughs) So, you've got three men in this letter, and two of these three are the kind of people that you seek out, that you want to be with, that you want to be around. And so, again, after spending a lot of time seeking the Lord, As to how it was that I was to approach the text and teach the text, I made the decision to pose three questions. Some of you are going, let's get the eye rolls out of the way, okay? Again? Yes, again. Do you want to know why? The the proverbial method behind the madness, when you teach by... Jesus did it all the time, by the way. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. In fact, that's my excuse right there. You notice that Jesus would answer a question with a question? Do you know why? Because if you just answer a question, you close the file and you move on. If you ask a question, hmm, i got to think about the answer. Remember all the times they tried to trap Jesus? My favorite one is when they they thought they had Him for sure. Uh, We heard that you were uh, like telling people that they didn't have to pay taxes to Caesar. You know the account? This really (laughs) happened. And you'll forgive me for seeing the humor in this. But it's kind of like, hey, Peter, come here. And you know what he did? He gets this coin and he asks them a question. Sometimes the best answer to a question is to ask them a question. And by the way, how many times in the Gospels alone, when you you see he doesn't even answer the question with a question, he just doesn't even answer it at all. He just starts going in a different direction. In the old testament, how, how about all those times when Elijah, you know, I quit. God, God says, he doesn't even respond. I do not accept your resignation, Elijah. Slaves can't quit. That's one problem. Uh, but I know you want you want to die. You've had it. You're over it. But the Lord does not even address or respond or answer any of his complaints. And that's what he was doing, was complaining. I alone, and I've had it, and there's nobody else, and when, 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 you know, and you would think that the Lord would say, oh, come on, and give him a big pep talk. No, he says, what are you doing here? <laughs> anyway, that's what my wife calls, says to me, as only a wife can, build a bridge and get over it. Anyway, so why the question? Because it makes you think. When you're asked a question, and by the way, it's not multiple choice. It's open ended. Didn't you hate that in school? The, the Remember those problem questions, you know, the story problems, you know? Jane and John are rowing in a canoe at five miles per hour no 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 wait wait it gets better but there's a wind against them at 2.789653 miles per hour question what is the temperature in brazil I know that's a dramatic illu- way to illustrate it, but you get the point, right? I mean, you, you, when you ask a question, you, you, you've got to, there, there is a healthy, sanctified introspection where you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart as you ponder it. Whereas if I just got up here and the last thing I want to do, and I hope I don't do this, by the way, and I, I asked the Lord to check me on this, and I've got an amazing uh, team of people pastors and staff that are just so gracious to me but they check me on stuff and i i ask them i say i'm correctable teachable and rebukable and by the way i don't need spell check on rebukable just so you know because i am where am i off here where am i wrong because am i am i missing something here and so i'll run up by him and and they're they're gracious They'll say, nah, you're way off on this, or no, you're spot on on this. So I ask the Lord to check my heart. The last thing I want to do is stand up here in this pulpit and talk down to you. Wait. Oh, I, pastors are the best at this. And we will get to our text today, by the way. Pastors are the best at this. You need to pray more. <laughs> I know I need to pray more. You need to read the Bible more. Yes, I need to read the... By the time you're done, you leave. You're so bus up, you don't even know if you're saved anymore. Not that you can lose your salvation. But if you could, you're just dead. Because you just feel like you're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. Because the pastor had four points. And every single one of those points, he pointed at me. <laughs> yeah. No. It, You notice how I couch things in terms of we would do well to ask ourselves, ourselves, myself included? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. And in the context of today's text, these are questions related to, am I somebody that people want to be around? Maybe there's a reason why nobody wants to be around me maybe it is me it is <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about so you ready that was my introduction okay you sure <laughs> question number 1 is in verse 12 am i spoken well of now this may bring to mind something jesus said in luke 6:26 when he spoke a woe unto anyone when all men speak well of them. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Well, wait a minute. John basically just said we speak well of Demetrius. So what's up with that? Is there a conflict here, a contradiction, or a problem? No. Upon closer examination, Context is everything, you've heard that expression, and such is the case here. Because one need look no further than to the context in which Jesus spoke this in order to resolve this. He was speaking to the false prophets of whom all were speaking well of. And he was cautioning and warning them, beware, false prophet, when all men speak well of you. Remember when we were in Isaiah and Isaiah the prophet was told, was it Isaiah or Jeremiah? Wow, my memory's going so bad. Jesus, come quickly, please. It might have been Jeremiah. Anyway, no, I think it was Isaiah. (laughs) I'm just going to have an argument with myself up here. Give me a minute. They were told by the people who were listening to the false prophets, speak to us only smooth things. Translated, tell us what our ears are itching to hear. Don't tell us what we don't want to hear, what we need to hear. Only tell us what we want to hear. And they were obliging them. And that's why Jesus was warning them, beware. Because they were just giving all these accolades to these false prophets. Tell me more. Smooth things. Yeah. Eating it up. Speaking well of them. Meanwhile, they're talking stink about Jeremiah and Isaiah, the true prophets. That was the context in which Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. I want you to hang on to that word false. It's going to come in handy right now. Listen. The context in which John writes this concerning Demetrius is that of the truth, not the false. So much so, did you catch it? John says, of Demetrius, even the truth itself speaks well of him. Even the truth testifies speaking well of him. And, and, and then John even goes, he doesn't need to. He's already earned the respect, rightfully so. He's in his 90s when he writes this. This is why he opens his second and third letter with the elder. Listen to your elders. We talked about that. I won't do that again to you today, <laughs> but I'm some of your elders. Anyway, so listen to your elders. He's the elder, the older, the wiser. Listen to him. You can learn from him. So both his second and third letter were from the elder, and he doesn't need to qualify what he just said, but he does anyway. He says, and you know that our testimony is true. So he just, God doesn't even the truth speaks well of Demetrius. We all speak well of Demetrius. Everyone has something good to say about Demetrius, and it d- d- doesn't need to be at his memorial service. That's when everybody says something nice about you. Why do they have to wait till then? Oh, actually, I want to talk about that in a moment. I know this might seem like a play on words, but one can see it and say it like this. When I do well to speak the truth, the truth will speak well of me. If I'm walking in the truth, then the truth will testify and speak well of me. And it works both ways, whether it's false or the truth. This is Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck. You know, like the lay, right? It's a honor, by the way. I'm so honored. I get a lay and it's just, you guys are, you guys spoil me. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying that you guys, I'm the most spoiled pastor in the world, I think, literally. So thank you. But anyway, when you uh, you adorn yourself with something around your neck, it it's a symbol outwardly, right? So it can also serve as a, a reminder. So this is what Solomon is writing. Take a lay made of the truth and mercy and make a lay and, and adorn your neck with it. Put it around your neck. And, and don't take it off. Bind them around your neck. Not... But, you know, bind them. Put them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so, listen, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's the reputation that always ensues when one has a good character. If you're upright in your character, your reputation will follow and you'll have high esteem. People will esteem you, respect you. You'll, you'll find favor in their eyes, not just the eyes of man, but the eyes of God too, just with the two, mercy and truth. This is, that not rare in this world that we're living in? The lost jewels, if I can call it that, mercy and truth. I mean, we live in a day, and this was a a prophesied uh, marker of the end times that people are just going to be as corrupt and dishonest as dishonest can be. Breakers of covenants, and it's going to get worse, by the way. And and, and how about mercy? I, I, I could preach a sermon just, and you know I can, on just mercy alone. I think I've weaved it in. In the past, but people are just so unmerciful and unkind. You know, the thing about mercy, and I'll I'll move on after this, but I want you to think about this. The thing about mercy is when you show mercy, you're shown mercy. And conversely, when you don't show mercy, you will not be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful. And then by the way, that's the context in which Jesus writes about being, if you're merciful, you show mercy, you're going to receive mercy, pressed down, packed in, shaken together, running over, and more put in. That's not money, that's mercy he's talking about. And it's sad, unfortunately, that these television evangelists that are making merchandise of the saints, which we really, we took care of that Thursday night for those of you that were here, didn't we? Yeah, it felt good. But anyway, just because that's what Ezekiel 34 was about. These shepherds that were taking and feeding themselves, not the flock of God. They were in it for themselves. They were in it for the money. They were in it for what they could get out of it. And it was a dire warning of the judgment that was going to come on these shepherds that were not shepherding and leading the people, both in the civil, the secular arena and the sacred arena. In fact, at the end of the day, the reason why Jerusalem and Judah fell and the Jews were taken captive to Babylon for 70 years was because of the leadership and the shepherds and the false prophets. They had become so corrupt. Truth? Mercy? No, they were merciless. In fact, there's even one detail. I'm not going to preach Ezekiel 34 again, but there's one interesting detail in that chapter where it says that these shepherds were actually brutal, ruled over them with an iron fist. They weren't tending to the flock. They weren't feeding the flock. They were fleecing the flock. I better move on now. Proverbs 22, 1, listen to this, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. In other words, what do you want to be known for? When someone mentions your name, what comes to people's mind? J.D. Frog. Ugh. I'm going to use your name then, if, you, if you're going to be like that. <laughs> I mean, put your name in there. Someone says your name. What, what comes to mind? Do you have a good name? Because a good name is rather to be chosen than to have great riches. So you got great wealth over here and a good name over here, and it's either one or the other. Which is it going to (laughs) be? The story is told of two brothers who were rich, very rich, but very wicked. Both lived a very wild life, using their wealth to cover up the dark side of their lives. They attended the same church and gave large sums to various church-related projects, suddenly one of the brothers died and the pastor was asked to officiate his funeral service. The surviving brother gave the pastor an envelope and said, here's a check that will pay for the entire amount needed for the new sanctuary and I only ask one favor. Tell the people at the funeral that my brother was a saint. The pastor, I feel feel his pain right now, he wanted the check, but he didn't see how, how he could make a statement like that. I have to say your brother was a saint? He was no saint, your brother, and neither are you, by the way. Then he had an idea. So he gave the brother his word that he would do it, deposited the check in the bank, and the next day at the funeral said this, this man was an ungodly sinner, wicked to the core, but compared to his brother, he was a saint. I, I love stuff like this. Is that wrong? I mean, it is, that is so good. That's good stuff right there, isn't it? Well, obviously this guy's name was Mudd, as they say. He did not have a good name. He had a bad reputation for being the wretch that he was, the crook that he was. That brings back Nixon flashbacks, I'm not a crook. <laughs> You're dishonest. You're corrupt. So before we move on to the second question, I'm just going to ask lastly, do people speak well of you? What, what is the response when your name is brought up in a conversation? Is this getting too uh, convicting? Well, it is for me, so we're going to move on to the second question in verse 13. And this is a biggie, by the way. Let the Holy Spirit search your heart. Am I willing to listen? Am I willing to listen? Now, here again, John ends this third letter the same way in ended his second letter by saying, he had much he still needed to write. However, True to form, John again expresses his desire to see them face to face and talk with them rather than writing to them by putting it pen to ink. In other words, there's so much, you know how it is sometimes? It's too much to put in a text, too much to put in an email. And besides, I, I just want to see you. I just want to talk to you. You know, they've done those studies about the, uh, how much you retain Uh, from uh, a phone call as opposed to -to face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, in my case, (laughs) belly-to-belly. That's what John's saying here is I want to see you guys. I love you guys. I want to see you guys. I have so much I want to talk to you about. Now, I realize we addressed this in 2 John, but I think I would be grossly remiss were I not to share a couple thoughts on this in 3 John. First, the implication and even presupposition that the Apostle John is making here in wishing to talk to them face to face is that they would even be willing to listen. You know how it is sometimes when people... They're just good listeners. And you just want to be around a good listener, especially when you just need somebody to listen. I, I, I've, I've heard it said uh, in the context of a marriage relationship that, you know, the husband, sometimes when your wife, she just needs you to listen. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself here, you know, just stop talking. Stop talking. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Do the math. (laughs) Can you just listen to me? But no, no need to fear. Your husband is here, because I'm going to fix this. What's the problem? And so she doesn't get maybe, I don't know, two sentences in, if I let her get that much, before I'm already Well, 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 okay, here's here's what we're going to do. She's like, shut up. Listen to me. I just need you to listen to me. I really uh, shouldn't have probably gone that far with him. But uh, um, when somebody listens, you know why they listen? Because they care. And you can tell, right? When somebody is like listening, but not really listening, they're inserting the, hmm, oh, is that right? All in the right spot, and you kind of catch on to it. So then you, you know, pull a fast one just to expose them and out them, and you'll ask them a question. They'll go, hmm, is that right? And you're going, you weren't listening, were you? No, when somebody just listens and lets you talk, sometimes In, again, the context of a marriage, husbands, your wife doesn't need your mouth. She needs your shoulder and your ear. She just needs you to listen because when you listen, you show you care. Have you heard this saying? They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And here's what happens. (laughs) Someone's talking to you, and you're genuinely listening to them because you genuinely care about them. You don't think somebody like that's going to want to be around you like all the time. In fact, you might have a problem, another problem getting rid of them. (laughs) Because you're, how rare is this? you're, You're a good listener. You're really listening to me. You're letting me just share with you. Isn't this what Peter admonishes to do? Cast your cares upon one another. Cast your cares on the Lord. Of course, He cares for you, but we're to share each other's burdens. We're to carry each other's burdens. Sometimes somebody just needs to unburden themselves. I'll just say one more thing on this again in the context of the husband wife relationship and I say this carefully and prayerfully in love guys if your wife can't talk to you and you won't listen she'll find somebody who will and I don't mean that to be mean but it's true and I've seen it over the years across the pastoral desk of counseling and it is so heartbreaking there are three things, guys, that your wife craves for because God wired her to crave these things. I call them the three A's. Last week I had like three P's and C's and I did, we're almost out of alphabet, so take heart. They need the three A's and not just the wife, but the, your children too. Attention, affection, and affirmation. And they'll flourish you deprive them of that, withhold that from them, because they're wired that way and crave it and their very survival depends on it, they will find it somewhere else. That's just the truth of the matter. Wow, I'm on a roll today, huh? But so when you listen, you show you care because that's what you're almost saying everything without saying anything, You're your nonverbal body language and, and you're really engaged because you genuinely care and you're listening to them. And by the way, how rare is it that someone feels safe enough to even share very intimate details of deep struggles in their lives without the fear of having you gossip about them and and break the confidence and trust that they put in you. I'm sorry to say that in this, the last day, it is almost non-existent because at, at best, well, I don't know if it's best or worst. I think they're both worse and worst. So at worst, they're going to gossip about you, betray your trust and your confidence. And at worster, I've got a new one, <laughs> at worster, they're going to accuse you of not having enough faith. Oh, you just need to trust God. I knew that. Really? I just poured out my soul to you. I just poured my soul to you. I just shared with you something so intimate, so deeply private. I just needed somebody to talk to and somebody that would genuinely listen. And you're going to tell me to my face, that I just need to have more faith? Now I'm really getting my blood pressure up. No wonder we don't share. No wonder we put on the Christian facade. Sorry, I'm spitting on everybody in the front row again. Free baptisms today again. No, that's why we can't. amazing transformation. When we installed that gate up front, I asked the staff, I said, what kind of gate is this? That's a powerful gate. I know it's powered, it's electric, but that's powerful because it has the power to transform the entire countenance of the person that's pulling into the parking lot. (laughs) No, you know what I'm talking about, especially those of you that have kids. I mean on the highway, just pulling up to the church, you're like, this die! Or how about with the wife should we go there? The husband's just railing on the wife or, okay, equal. Wives are nagging at their... Uh, and you pull into the front of the church and that gate, and all of a sudden, I mean, poof! Praise the Lord! That is one powerful gate. I want to get one of those from my house. <laughs> my front door. I'm going somewhere with this, believe it or not, I actually have a point. It's not to excuse it, but it is to explain it. This is why people do that. they don't feel safe. They, they have to put on the fake smile. You know, you, you see somebody at church, and you guys are amazing, and I, in fact, I love it. We just had first service, had online visitors that said, uh, "Our first time here, we've been watching you. This guy was like for 12 years, I'm like. Dude, that's a long time. Are you okay? <laughs> but he said, man, I, I've always heard you talk about how loving your church is, and I saw it and experienced it firsthand today. Oh, man, I love hearing that. So I know I shared this last week. I won't do it to you again this week. But, you know, there's, there, there's just such fake, phony, plastic, you know, Christians. And, you know, say, hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. We'll do lunch sometime. Okay. My people, get a hold of your people. Praise the Lord. And what you don't realize is that they are dying. They're hanging on for dear life. They're going through the trial of their life, and they don't feel safe enough to actually say, what would you do? I know I've shared this before, but this is for real, okay? You walk by somebody, hey, how you doing? And they respond with something like, not good. Do you, do you have a minute? Oh, would you look at the time? You were ready for that. You, in other words, don't ask them how they're doing, because it's just a formality. It's just a, it's just a courtesy. You don't mean it. You, do you really want to know how they're doing? Sometimes I'll ask people, "How you really doing?" <laughs> Have I done that to any of you lately? If I do that, that means I care. That's why. How you doing? Fine. How you really doing? Oh, busted. Yeah, I can tell. You know what? Pastor, I'm actually not doing that well. Well, if anything, listen, if you're not somebody that, you know, is has this proclivity to, you know, just (laughs) patiently, you know, listen genuinely, compassionately, can you at least, at the very least, just give them a hug? And pray for him. It doesn't have to be a fancy Nancy prayer. If your name is Nancy, that's nothing against the name. It doesn't have to be fancy. God answers three-word prayers. Ask Peter. Remember when he gets, a, he gets such bad press. Man, people are going to owe Peter an apology in glory. I'm telling you, there's going to be a long line. I'll actually be at the front of that line. But we're all like, and he took his eyes off of the Lord God. Can you imagine? Yeah, but he walked on water. Yeah, but he sunk. Yeah, but he walked on water. Yeah, but he took his eyes off the Lord and looked at the circumstances, the storm in his life. And how many times have you heard it taught like that? I've taught it like that. (laughs) You've heard it from me. But wait a minute—he got out of the boat. Bid me come. What? Let's talk about that. No, he. (laughs) The other disciples didn't do that. I, I just wonder, I know it's not in the narrative, and I didn't mean to take it this far, but maybe I need to because it, I just wonder if I'm in the boat and Peter and I hear Peter say, bid me come, I'm like, Peter, no. I'm, I'm in the back of the boat, I'm on my face, I'm probably, you know, seasick and being tossed to and fro. Was that that was too much. I'm sorry about that but not Peter. He says, bid me come. And he steps out of that boat, into that raging storm, and he walks on water. And yes, it's true. He started to sink when he took his eyes off the Lord, we're told. But he prayed a three-word prayer. Lord, save me. (laughs) And God answered it. You know, sometimes the Best prayers, and it's been said of prayer, the same thing. It's not the length of the prayer, it's the strength of the prayer. Again, it doesn't apply to sermons. Three-word prayers. Lord, help me. He hears and answers those prayers. Just pray for them. Just nothing fancy. Just, Lord, would you help my brother, help my sister? They're, They're really hurting right now. Would you just reveal yourself to them in a new way and just encourage them and strengthen their heart? Because they're really going through right now. And weep with those who weep. Rejoice with. We have no problem rejoicing with those who rejoice. And the problem is actually when we rejoice with those who weep. That's a whole other topic for another time. But sometimes. Just a simple prayer, a pat on the back, a hug, just that goes a long ways. That's all you got to do. And by the way, this whole thing about being vulnerable, you know what that is, right? It's pride. When you're unwilling to make yourself vulnerable, because you're trying to, it's a self-preservation mode because you got an image to uphold. I got it together, man. Oh, spiritual giant that you are, I'm not worthy. That's pride. It's actually spiritual pride. And it's hypocrisy too, because what you're doing is you're shedding yourself in a different light than the person you really are on the inside. You know the word hypocrite or hypocrite? comes from play acting. That's why the theater, modern day theater, they have the masks as the uh, logo for theater plays, play acting. So you got a, a mask with a smile on it on the outside, but underneath that mask, there's a frown and vice versa. That's where the hypocrite, that word in the original Greek comes from. So let's stop acting okay. Let's humble ourselves, make ourselves vulnerable. Be prudent, certainly. Be discerning. There are some people, and I say this in love, you, you better not tell them nothing. <laughs> and I know that's not proper sentence structure. But God will give you that discernment. Look and seek out a spiritually mature brother and sister in Christ that you can trust with something as sensitive as that. And share it with them. And make yourself vulnerable to them. Let them pray for you, with you. And be a good listener, be a good listener. All right, last question. There's hope. Verse 14, this one's going to, I'm going to. There's, I got some splaining to do on the way I'm couching this question. Am I able to do it? Am I willing to listen? Am I able to do it? Now, the reason I frame this question this way is because oftentimes we're more willing to do something than we are able to do it. AND WE HAVE TO LEARN ONE OF THE HARDEST WORDS, ESPECIALLY FOR SOME PEOPLE, AND YOU KNOW WHO YOU ARE, YOU JUST CAN'T SAY NO. AND THAT'S BECAUSE YOU'RE, you're WILLING TO DO IT, YOU WANT TO DO IT, BUT YOU JUST DOUBLE BOOKED YOUR SCHEDULE AND NOW YOU'RE NOT ABLE TO DO IT AND NOW HOW ARE YOU GOING TO GET OUT OF IT? ONE OF THE HARDEST THINGS FOR ME OVER THE YEARS OF MINISTRY IS JUST Because I don't want, you know. Because I know it's going (laughs) to. It's one of those things where you're going to be damned if you do, damned if you don't. I have to make a decision as a pastor. Which way am I going to be damned? Okay, can you officiate? Uh, Are you going to pay for? Are you going to give me a check with an envelope and make me say that somebody was a saint? No. Uh, Will you? Hey, we, we we will you do our wedding? I'd love to do your wedding. The problem is. I work 7 days a week, this is literally not hyperbole, and I work 14 to 16 hours a day. So unless you can figure out how to clone me, I can't. I want to, but I'm not able to. I, I don't have enough hours in the day as it is. And that's on top of what I need to want to, the time I want to spend with my family, that I don't get to spend with my family, by the way and they're amazing troopers they've made hor- horrendous sacrifices because of the call that god has in my life i'm not complaining i'm not i hope that didn't come off wrong but we need to flip this around because conversely there are times when we are able but unwilling so what do we do we play the unable card I'm unable to at this time and that's because we're unwilling to do it and that's our out. We're almost done. I'll hopefully tie it all together but this is what the Apostle John is writing here in this last verse verse 14. He was both willing and able to visit with them and talk to them and genuinely desired to do so how do you know well look at how he ends the letter he says shalom peace and by the way talk about loss in the translation when we say peace be unto you we just it just implies you know grace and peace but shalom is on a whole new level It's just not, you know, I pray God's peace for you, grace to you. No, shalom carries with it a powerful idea of may your life be richly blessed with peace and prosperity. That's what shalom means. And it's kind of like in Israel, shalom is like aloha, by the way. When you say aloha to somebody. It's like saying shaloha, but he said shaloha. (laughs) That's pretty good. They made a t-shirt, I don't know, shaloha, shalom, aloha, kind of the same idea. So that's what he's saying here is, and did did you notice this? Note this with me. He ends the letter saying shalom to their friends from friends that were with John at the time. And notice, he wanted them to be greeted by name. Okay, now I'm really in trouble. Because I have a really hard time remembering people's names. And by the way, you forgive me in advance if I... You... I don't know if they're going to have name tags in heaven, but we won't need to know. But I, I, and I even try, the Lord knows, I try. You know, you've got a whole association thing, you know, one time, true story. I, uh, Paul, make an association, to remember Paul, find some characteristic. So he's tall, tall rhymes with Paul. I'm thinking, okay, I, this guy, I, I'm going to remember this guy's name, tall, Paul. Two weeks go by. Here comes this guy, tall guy. What was your name again? It didn't work. It didn't work. Now here's this guy, Paul, who's tall, looking at me. <laughs> by the way, for those of you online, I'm six feet tall and shrinking, just so you know. I look, I look a lot shorter. I get that a lot. I just want you to know I'm six feet tall. <laughs> Or, or, or so. When you say somebody's name, when you remember somebody's name, what does that say? Again, let's flip it around. When you forget their name, oh, wow, I must have made a really powerful impression upon you. You just met me last week. Actually, you just met me first service. <laughs> you already forgot by second service? it's not personal don't take it personal so what's your point pastor my point is is that there has to be a, a willingness and you and i have to be able to show that person that we care enough to remember them by their name and it's even more than that if you're anything like me, and I suspect you are, I want to be around them too. It goes both ways, right? It's reciprocated. I mean, i could you imagine being invited to a fellowship where the Apostle John, Gaius, and Demetrius are going to be? I'll invite myself. I'll even RSVP to my invitation of myself to that fellowship because I want to be around these guys. Many years ago, and we'll close, I uh, had the privilege of uh, when I had the church on the mainland of having Dave Hunt of the Berean Call come and uh, speak. We had to rent North Idaho College and at the time uh, there in Coeur Idaho I had become very close friends with Chuck Mr., both of whom are now with the Lord. And Chuck Missler and I would go to lunch all the time. And I had talked to Chuck about getting Dave Hunt to, you know, North Idaho, Coeur d'Alene. And uh, Chuck and Dave Hunt, really good friends. And and uh, man, I just, I love being around Chuck Missler. I mean, he was such an intellectual. <laughs> but when you're sitting across the lunch table from that guy, he is the most genuine, meek, was the most genuine, meek, loving man you would ever ever want to be around. So we we worked it out. I got Dave Hunt for the better part of a weekend, and I took Chuck Missler and Dave Hunt to lunch. And I'm sitting there. I mean, you should have, maybe you shouldn't have seen me. I'm just going. <laughs> you know, they would ask me a question, and then I'm like, blue mouth full of gravel and i just finally told them i said i just want to be around you guys no but we want you to interact no you don't <laughs> trust me you don't want me to interact they're going back and forth i mean i'm just a sponge just taking it in just i'm just relishing in the fact that i'm 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 at lunch with these guys these godly men that have been mightily used in my life over the years, in my walk with the Lord. I just want to be around them. In fact, lunch was over. I made sure I got the ticket, and I said, we don't have to leave yet. (laughs) You know, do you guys want dessert again? (laughs) More dessert? Because they have more. You want to order lunch now? Or do you want to order dinner? Where you know, it's been a while. Are you hungry again? I I didn't want it to end. You know how that is? You just don't want it to end. Five hours seems like five minutes when you're around people like that. Here's the takeaway, and I'm done. Again, it's in the form of a question. Am I willing, and again, I ask this of myself, am I willing and able to examine myself as to whether or not I'm someone like a John, Gaius, or Demetrius that people want to just be around. Come on up. Stand up. We'll close in prayer and song. How's that for a very smooth closing? Father in heaven, thank you. This has been uh, very searching, very uh, humbling, very convicting, but rightfully so much needed really. Lord, I thank You for inspiring John to introduce us to the likes of Agaius and Demetrius, even a Diotrephes for other reasons. But it really helps us to examine ourselves, to allow the Holy Spirit to search our own hearts. I know for me, and I think I say this and pray this, for everyone that's here in this church that I'm so privileged to pastor. We want to be like that. We want to be that kind of person that people can talk to and feel safe with and be around. We want to be someone that people want to be around and be with and talk to. So Lord, make us more like you. Because that's what you were like. The throngs of people that wanted to be around you. The accounts that were given, which are not even a fraction of what you did while you were here. But they would make their way through the throngs of people just to touch the hem of your robe, And when they did, in one case, she was healed instantly after 12 years. And all the people, even the children wanted to be around you. That's saying something. when children want to be around you. So make us more like you, Jesus. So that people want to be around us like they did with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.